Hi, this is Mona. And this is Aaliyah. You're listening to A Devil's Tale. Welcome back to our third episode. So today's case is from Macau, China. The killer's name is Huang Zhihen, but I'm just going to call him Huang. Um, he was born in 1936 in mainland China. There isn't any information on his childhood and his parents, but the 30s and the 40s in China was a very turbulent time. So China went through World War II with Japan and then immediately followed by a civil war. So that all happened in those two decades. So in 1949, Mao and the Communist Party won the civil war and found the People's Republic of China. So China's economy was non-existent after those two wars. The era Huang was born really was one of the worst times in modern Chinese history. Back then, China was very similar to what North Korea is like now. Not many people could travel due to financial reasons. The government kind of restricted people from leaving the country. What years was that? After 49, 50s, the 60s, the 70s, pretty much the door was closed. It was in the 80s they kind of had this revelation. Oh, China needs to open up its border and grow with the rest of the world. From what I could find, Huang was from a pretty wealthy family. And this is why he had the means to move to Hong Kong later. So Hong Kong had been a colony of the British Empire since 1841. The island was ceded by the Qing Dynasty pretty much during the First Opium War. Hong Kong was a dependent territory of UK until 1997. So in the early and mid-20th century, Hong Kong was very prosperous and full of opportunities. Some people used to call it the Pearl of the East. The vibe of the whole island was very similar to Manhattan, and the culture was extremely vibrant compared to what was happening in mainland China. Huang was born in Guangdong province. It's extremely close to Hong Kong geographically, and they all speak the same dialect, Cantonese. So during the 70s and the 80s, when traveling became a lot easier for most Chinese people, many Guangdong region people who had the financial means or social connections moved to Hong Kong, hoping to build a better life. And so Huang was one of those people who ended up in Hong Kong in the 70s. He was already in his late 30s by then. Hong Kong was and still is a place where the rich is incredibly rich and the poor is extremely poor, which is kind of a typical setup of you know, extreme capitalism. There were also a lot of racial tensions between the British and the Chinese. So many people of Chinese heritage sought protections from Chinese-run Hong Kong mafia organizations because they were the only people who had enough money weapons, power, and connections in the society. The British was very cautious when dealing with the mafias. So Juan definitely chose sort of the gangster path when he got to Hong Kong. And he spent five years in jail in Hong Kong for small crimes. 
After he got out, he created a few fake identities, and his business was lending people money to gamble or do illegal trades. I don't think he was very good at it because it seems like most people that he lent his money to, they wouldn't pay him back either because they lost everything or they were just like bad people who weren't going to pay him back anyway. So this led to Juan actually killing a man in Hong Kong. He chased after this man to his home and this man's wife and child happened to be home. So he tied up the wife and the child, drowned the man to death in the tub. The wife and the child managed to get away. But Juan didn't get caught for this crime, though. So he escaped back to his home, to Guangdong, and he stayed there for a few years under the radar. And during that time, he burned off all of his fingerprints to prevent him from getting caught for the murder. Definitely psycho. But because he wasn't getting along with his family in China, he then moved to Macau when he turned 50. So Macau had a very similar history to Hong Kong. The only difference was that it was colonized by Portugal. So Macau was also an island with predominantly Cantonese-speaking Chinese people. And geographically, it was also really close to Hong Kong. Macau is sort of like the Las Vegas in China. It's a casino island. So unlike the vibrant, diverse culture you can find in Hong Kong, Macau is a bit more depressing. Their identity is pretty much tied to gambling and being obsessed with money. In growing up with the U.S. school system, my knowledge of China and all of the territories is so limited. Even for us, because I grew up in China in the 90s, culturally speaking, these two islands are very different than the culture in mainland China. And I think at least mainlanders have always been very fascinated by it because it's much more diverse and much more open-minded in so many ways. When Juan moved to Macau, he became friends with Zhen Ling. Lin had a restaurant called Pat Sin, and Juan was a customer at the restaurant, and he was also Lin's gambling buddy. They would play mahjong or card games together. Juan has known Lin and his whole family for some years by now. So during one of their games, Juan won about 3,000 yuan, which is about a few hundred dollars. So not that much money. And Lin's wife was upset that Juan won that round, insisted on playing more, hoping to win the money back. But at the end of the game that night, Lin and his wife have lost close to $25,000. Oh my God, that's bad. So then Lin said to Juan, I will pay you back in a year. If I don't, I will give you this restaurant. However, during that one year period, Lin and his family refused to pay Juan back any money, not even a portion of it. So on August 4th, 1985, after the restaurant was closed for the day, Juan went to the restaurant again to ask for his money. But Lin and his wife were very annoyed that Juan was there again asking for money they don't have. They started arguing with him. At one point, Lin said, where is the proof that says I need to pay you back or I owe you money? So this got Juan super pissed. He broke a beer bottle in half and grabbed Lin's youngest son and put the broken glass against the boy's neck. Oh my god. I feel like that only happens in movies. This case only gets crazier. 
The Lins had five children: four girls and one son. The boy is the youngest, and he was four years old at the time. So when Huan held the broken glass against the boy's neck, that's when the Lins calmed down and started negotiating because they were pretty freaked out. And Huan told Lin's wife to tie up everybody, and that's the four daughters, Lin, Lin's cousin who was working at the restaurant as a chef, and Lin's mother-in-law. When Huan told the wife to tie up their four-year-old son, she finally lost it, and she just couldn't do it anymore, and she started attacking Huan. So during the fight, Huan killed her with the broken beer glass. Then, because everybody's tied up now, right? Besides the four-year-old, and he's like a fifty-year-old man, he can easily dominate that four-year-old. So, after he killed the wife, he proceeded to kill everyone who was already tied up, and lastly, he killed the boy. But when he was about to kill the boy, the boy said to Huan, "You won't get away with this. My great aunt is going to know something is wrong." Um. So Huan was pretty startled by the boy's statement. So he decided he cannot leave any loose ends. The great aunt lived very close to the restaurant, and she checked on the family on a daily basis. And the great aunt is the sister of um the grandmother. So because this boy said the aunt is gonna, the great aunt's gonna know. So in the police report, it says that Juan walked to the great aunt's apartment because he knows everybody in the family because he's been friends with them for years now. So he walks to her apartment. He lured her to the restaurant by saying that the youngest boy was sick with very high fever, and the family needed her help. When they got to the restaurant, he killed her. Huang killed ten people all in one night. And in the police report, it says that he spent the next eight hours cutting up the bodies and putting them in black garbage bags. He disposed the bags in a nearby ocean bay. Four days later, on August eighth, swimmers near the bay found eight pieces of cut-up body parts. So disgusting! God, that would be the worst thing to find when you're swimming. I know, like you're all naked and you're just ooh. The eight pieces included four right feet, two left feet. And two hands. So in the beginning, the Macau police thought maybe it was a shark attack and thought the body parts may belong to illegal immigrants that are coming through by the sea. But then they quickly realized the wounds were too straight-edged. It looked more like knife cuts instead of animal bite marks. The fingertips on the two hands they found also looked flattened. So the police believe the suspect deliberately tried to destroy the victim's fingerprints, so law enforcement cannot identify who they are. Then on August tenth, people saw a stray dog biting down on a human left hand near the bay. The hand was a female left hand. Then three days later, police found another human hand. This time, it was a female right hand. And on the same day. A swimmer found another right foot near the bay. Oh my god! Just floating with body parts. Yeah, I mean that bay must have been super happening those days. <laughs> so within five days, the Macau police found eleven body parts throughout the bay, because there were four right feet found. 
police believed there were at least four victims. So the police immediately formed a special task force just working on this case and even invited investigators from mainland China to join the force. But they didn't make any progress since there really wasn't much to go on with, you know, besides those body parts, they don't know who to match it to. But the Directorate of Judiciary Police in Macau and the Interpol in Guangdong province in China both received a letter from Lin's brother. And in the letter, Lin's brother states, Lin has been living in Macau for years now, and he has a wonderful family life. However, he and his immediate family members have been missing since early August of last year. His restaurant, Pat Xin, and other properties now are all managed by this man named Huang. I have seen on the news that Macau recently found body parts near the bay. My brother's restaurant isn't far from there. I feel that something horrible may have happened to my brother and his family. Please help me find out what happened to them. After the police received the letters, they immediately started investigating Juan and re-examined some of the body parts. The police said the great aunt's prints were a very close match to one of the female hands they found. And simultaneously, they started interviewing 20-plus people who had close contact with Lin's family. The restaurant's poultry supplier said, On August 4, 1985, which was the day Lin and his family were murdered. Earlier in that day, Lin called the supplier to order more chicken and duck meat for the restaurant. The supplier wasn't able to deliver everything on that day, so his staff delivered only a portion of the order on the 4th. Everything looked normal at the restaurant then. But the next day, when the staff member went back to deliver the rest of the order, the restaurant had a notice on the door. The notice said the restaurant will be closed for three days. The supplier felt like something was off, so he went to the Lin's residence to check. But a man he has never met answered the door and said the Lin's went back to mainland China for some family emergency. And another witness who was the great aunt's neighbor said, she saw a man around his 30s coming over in the wee hours of the morning on August 5th. The man talked to the great aunt briefly and they got into a taxi together. The neighbor never saw the great aunt ever again. But since Juan was already in his 50s, the police believed he had a young accomplice. On September 28, 1986, Juan was caught while trying to travel back to mainland China. The police by then have found very incriminating evidence against Juan. He now is the new owner of Patsing, the restaurant, hired all new staff members. He took over Lin's other properties and rented them out as a landlord. He's a psycho. Why would you work there afterwards? I know. And he even lived in one of the properties with his 20-year-old son. And the car his son was driving at the time actually belonged to Lin. And you said he was wealthy, too. Like, he was from a wealthy family. So it's not like he couldn't afford his own life. I feel like maybe because he also was gambling a lot and he was lending out money, maybe by then his finances weren't as great as how he started off, you know. That makes sense. So that's already looking super shady. But the police also found 
Huan's safety deposit box. Inside, there was a key to Lin's bank deposit box. And there was Lin's Hong Kong re-entry permit. And Huan also had four of Lin's children's birth certificates in there, which is super weird. Why would you need anyone's birth certificate? And what he said to the police was, oh, the Lin's have immigrated to another country and they asked me to keep these things safe in Macau because these are important documents and keys. But the police never found any record of the Lin's leaving Macau. So Huang was indicted and sent to jail for 30 years. Macau does not have death penalty and they rarely even sentence people for life. After sentencing, Huang tried to commit suicide twice. The first time, he was found in time. However, the second time, he succeeded. And by the time the guard found him, he was already dead. But he left a letter in his cell. And in the letter, he said that he is innocent and the police have framed him. He said that he has asthma and wasn't in the best health. There was no way he could have managed to kill 10 people in one night. He admits that he wasn't the best person and hasn't made the best choices in life, but he didn't do these killings. He felt sad uh, for his current wife and the youngest kid they have, who was seven at the time. And he felt that it was unfair to them and they do not deserve to live life under such dark shadows. So he's going to kill himself in protest. So because of this letter, many people believe that he didn't do it. I mean, a lot of people still believe he did. But some argued that since Macau doesn't have death penalty and he wasn't going to die for these crimes, the fact that he killed himself must mean something. I think I'm more on the he did it because he also killed another man in Hong Kong and sort of under the same motive. It's just weird that he would live in their house, rent out their properties, and then operate their restaurant. But I'm also wondering, they never found the heads. So after Juan died, the police kept on searching for the remains of the lens because all they found were some feet and hands, but they never found anything else. The only somewhat concrete evidence they had was those fingerprints that were very closely matched to the great aunt. A lot of people who lived near the restaurant said, uh, remember how he closed the restaurant for three days? Juan reopened Pat Sin after three days, and he started selling cha siu baos, which is barbecue pork buns. Uh, and he basically started selling this out of nowhere. This wasn't on the menu of the former Pat Sin. People believe that Juan cooked the victims' bodies into these barbecue pork bowls and also made some soup with the bones. That kind of makes sense because there's not that much meat on your hands or your feet. Right. All the breasts, back, leg, thighs, you know. Yeah. Talking like they're chicken, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Also, part of the reason people lived nearby believed Juan cooked the victims or because, you know, like I was saying earlier, Macau summer is incredibly hot. It's like Hawaii, basically. If the bodies weren't dealt with very quickly, the smells would have been strong and would have happened super fast. And since no one ever smelled anything suspicious, they believed Juan utilized the fact that he had access to this restaurant-grade kitchen. In 1989, three years after Juan died, a sanitary worker found a lot of human bones in a large garbage dumping site. After days of examination, the police believes the bones belong to the Lins. 
Since Huang has proclaimed his innocence, some people are not so sure the real killer was ever caught. Occasionally, some tips would come in and stir up a new wave of interest with this case. But I think he did it, and the letter I think was just his guilt and trying to, I think, find a way to release his wife and children from the pain he has caused. So how did they piece together that the mom tied all of the other people up? So Juan did technically confess, but then once he got to the jail and got his sentence, he then said that wasn't real. But all of that was in the police report. Everything I've told you, like how the shit went down and how he got to the grandma and everything. Um, Hong Kong made a movie based on this case, and so if any of you are interested in watching the film, it's called The Untold Story. I hope you have enjoyed today's story. We're very passionate about bringing you the crime stories from Asia and more. If you have enjoyed the stories we have shared so far, please go to iTunes and leave us a review, and perhaps even subscribe. Also, we would love to hear from you if you have any feedback, story requests, or just want to say hi. You can write to us at a devil's tale at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning back in, and we will see you next time.